What's up, everybody? You're listening to The Unpaved Path, a podcast that inspires the next generation of female athletes to pursue their goals and own their journey. My name is Reagan Rust. I'm a former captain of Boston University's Division I women's ice hockey team and pro hockey player. I'm talking with female athletes of all backgrounds to talk about their journeys, the lessons they learned along the way, and advice they'd like to give younger athletes. In today's episode, we talk about what it was like being an eight-sport athlete in high school, how she handled the discrimination she faced throughout her hockey career, what it was like working a part-time job during college, and how it felt to win a silver medal with Team Canada. She is an upbeat, bubbly person, and I had such a great time getting to know her. Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Unpaved Path. My guest today was drafted fourth overall in the first round of the NWHL draft by the Metropolitan Riveters. She's also a former Division I hockey player for Yale University, a mental health advocate, and has a mentorship of her own that works to empower women worldwide. She can be found on Instagram at soroyatinker 71 or on our website at soroyatinker17.wixsite.com slash my site. Welcome, Soroya. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing? How's the, the snow that you just showed me? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's cold, but you know, you deal with it. And I mean, no means hockey to me, so it's all good. Yeah. Are the ponds freezing over yet? Yeah, they they actually are. So I'm hoping to be able to go on the ODR soon. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like that's literally the only downside of living in California. No outdoors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Besides like roller skating, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, what have you been up to? What are you like? What are you looking forward to this upcoming year with um, all the COVID stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um. So having just graduated in May, I think I've had to take a step back and just focus on myself and what my mm-hmm. next move is going to be. Just because um, I've always been so focused on hockey and always been so focused on school. So with that being said, both of those things aren't really happening right now. So yeah. um, I think I've just really delved into uh, self care and and mm-hmm. what I like to do and being being okay with what the all of the uncertainty but also um, still pushing myself to to make those um, to reach my goals that I've set out so yeah what are your goals currently yeah um, I think right now obviously find um, a great position in a career that I love Um, still looking in with job interviews and everything like that but Mm -hmm. at the same time I know I'll I'll find a position that'll be a great fit for me and then um, also just staying fit uh, staying healthy and and doing a lot of painting actually that's like my I know oh my gosh your Instagram was so good today I was like (laughs) oh I need to buy something from her (laughs) yeah I was on a I was on a call with the Yale athletes last night and Mm -hmm. my coach not many people know I paint so but my coach knew at Yale that I painted and he he outed me last night on the zoom call to everybody on the Yale athletic board so um everybody was looking to see my artwork so I decided to post today and hopes that everybody liked it but (laughs) yeah that's so awesome what was the call for last night um, yeah, so I, I got to talk to the Yale student athletes about mm-hmm. my experience at Yale and what that was like for me from from a race standpoint and, and from a mental health standpoint as well. So it was really enjoyable to talk to a lot of my past friends and yeah. as well as like the other Yale coaches that that need that education when recruiting other players. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so I actually did a little bit of diving into who you were, <laughs> your past <laughs> and everything. I saw you were an eight sport athlete. Is that right? In high school? Oh, yeah, I played just about everything in high school. <laughs> I even, I was, I, I played curling, if you even say you really? I like literally won like 
Ontario, all, Ontario was for curling because like my gym teacher just got all like top athletic girls in my high school and made a curling team. So that's amazing. Like curling, badminton, to hockey and basketball. So yeah, just about everything. <laughs> How did you make time for all of that? Um, I have. <laughs> absolutely no idea looking back (laughs) on it I look back and I'm just like wow you were actually crazy because I think I I just filled my schedule with like everything um yeah any free time I think I took like 20 minute naps before having to drive to practice and then having to wake up for early morning basketball practice and then lab homework and trying to get straight A's so I could get into Yale but (laughs) it sounds like a lot I actually did something similar my freshman year I was playing five sports and like it just literally matched up perfectly where I could do swim before my first period basketball practice and then (laughs) I had my cross country right after school which was before tennis and then right before hockey practice so it all worked out the grind is real I think (laughs) high school is just like you feel like you're just invincible and then you get to college and I wanted to play soccer as well at Yale um but obviously it's the same it's like similar season to hockey so hockey just had to be the main focus but um Mm -hmm. but yeah just all over the place (laughs) absolutely full (laughs) it's so amazing it's literally it's just wild the things that we can do and like now that we're adults I'm sure you feel too we're kind of (laughs) tired like we just want to take naps all the time (laughs) but you can't do that (laughs) I know yeah I especially with COVID like I'm trying to figure out what I'm working towards and like I've always had something specifically to like look forward to but I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have that so I I do find myself being lazy at times and sitting on the couch but my boyfriend is he he signed with the CFL team so he keeps me accountable and uh and we push each other in the weight room but there are definitely days where he's like all right well you're not going to the gym like I see that you're not going to the gym like (laughs) like I'm like okay you don't make me feel bad today but it's fine (laughs) like I literally just trained for four years straight like give me a break (laughs) no exactly I'm like this is the first time in my life that I feel like I've actually had time to breathe and like just reflect really Mm -hmm. um which is nice but at the same time I'm just a little confused as to what I'm working towards but yeah at the end of the day we put in so much work over our four years and got our degree while playing a sport so Mm -hmm. it's all worth it and things will come our way (laughs) yeah I totally get that how's your mentorship program going uh, yeah, so I, I love having the younger girls reach out to me and hear their stories yeah. and, and what they're looking to work towards. Um, I just I, I just love talking, really. Yeah. <laughs> I just I can tell you have a very bubbly personality. <laughs> yeah, like I think anybody who, who really, I, I don't know, I come off as, I guess I have kind of like resting bitch face, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it that. RBF, but, RBF. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I guess I put on a front, but anybody who actually gets to know me knows that I'm pretty outgoing and outspoken. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, with my mentorship, I think that I've done a good job of talking to the girls and making time for them and, and them being open with me, just because I think that's important when you are mentoring people, just because you want to get to know their side and, yeah. and find out what exactly can help them um mm-hmm. so I think it's been super fun and I, I enjoy reading the little dms I get in the oh same it's so cute like the, like, it's so encouraging and it's like nice to know that there are other people that look up to you and you are a role model and to continue being that strong force in in women's sports yeah no it's such a good feeling knowing that you are like that figure that they're looking for 
yeah. because you know like when you're younger you feel so lost with like where you want to go what you want to do and like that's the whole point of this podcast is just showing like that part of that journey that it's going to be different for everyone but like you will find your way eventually yeah um so you played the eight sports in high school we've already covered that topic how yeah. did you end up choosing hockey over all those other sports yeah, so I, I was being recruited for basketball and soccer as well, but oh, my my dad really enjoyed hockey and, yeah. and loved hockey the most. And I was invited to try out for the under 18 national team mm-hmm. and had made the team at the time and, and was still trying to decide between basketball, soccer and hockey. But yeah. um, my dad was like, you already made the national team. Like you're sticking with hockey. Like oh, you know, so that's I, I, I chose hockey just because I had already had that path and been watched from an early age for in with the Team Canada program. Mm-hmm. Um, so figured that that was probably the best uh, route to take. And then obviously being offered um, offers from state schools and stuff. I, I've always been a straight A student and, and yeah. love learning and love school. So I figured mm-hmm. that I would go Ivy League um, and choose. No A. big deal. Hair <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's so awesome. So were you talking to other coaches before you decided to go with Yale or was Yale the one that you wanted? Um, yeah, no. So actually, um, I was considering all the Ivies really, mm-hmm. but was talking to like Ohio State um, and like other state schools. But once I decided that I wanted to go Ivy, I decided I, I visited like Princeton, Harvard and Cornell um, and, and Yale and, and Yale just felt more like home to me. Um, mm-hmm. I knew the team wasn't like top of the top we were kind of yeah. bottom of the pack when I went there um but I mean over the course of my time there we've improved so much and it was worth it uh but overall like the Yale atmosphere kind of felt like home to me uh the moment yeah. I was on campus I love like the atmosphere and and how like the the rooms and the boarding it's all set up and and I love the rink too the whale's pretty cool oh my <laughs> goodness don't even get me started on that rink I love it <laughs> except warming up is just not fun oh yeah no warming up and there's we I mean we've got our own weight room so I feel bad yeah. for our visiting team we you guys up in the stands all cold but uh but yeah definitely a pretty dope spot to have yeah was that y'all's tactic to build the rink like that so it would suck for the other team warming up? <laughs> well actually I think our vis our visiting dressing room used to be the women's room so so oh, okay. um, the men always had all the nice stuff, but we've kind of, we've weaseled <laughs> our way in there, you know, title nine. So we yeah. there, and I think we ended higher than the men's team did last year. So Ooh. In there, but <laughs> yeah, I think I actually played you. I definitely played you because I was at RIT my first two years, which okay. was like 2015 to 2017. And we played Yale. I think, yeah, we definitely lost. We lost for sure. Um, but then I think I played you guys with BU too. We took a road trip to y'all. Oh yeah, you definitely beat us. I don't. Oh yeah, okay, we probably beat you. Then. <laughs> yeah. I think there was like some crazy goals. I don't even remember. I don't even think it was my best game, but hey, it was a win. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I remember playing you guys though too. So did yeah. you have, was Matt? Matt coached you at our, at our oh Matt Woodard yeah because he was my D coach my sophomore and junior year mm-hmm. so um we enjoyed having him over with us but yeah what was he like as a coach at Yale honestly out of all the coaches we had there he was by far the best one and knew yes I totally agree um, <laughs> I mean I don't mean to like put anybody in the hole or anything but mm-hmm. um there's a reason why I had all new coaches my senior year. Yeah. Um, and Matt was the only one that anybody wanted to stay. So mm-hmm. um, my, my 
sophomore junior year it was definitely helpful having Matt there he understood how to coach me and and definitely knew the game way better than the other coaches so yeah. he definitely gained the respect of of the girls very early on and we were so sad to see him leave but mm-hmm. we're glad that he's in a, a good position again just because we do we do have love for him and we miss him yeah <laughs> for sure yeah I remember him at RIT he was he's actually one of my favorite coaches of all time just yeah, like the way he he respects the players he respects the game and like he's not a yeller whatsoever he will if he has to but like he literally is there to make you better and Mm -hmm. like I remember I would go in and just talk to him if I had something going on in my life or if I was like oh my god Matt I'm really struggling today like can we chat and he'd be like for sure what's going on and I was just like yes this is like the kind of coaches that you need throughout college no exactly Um, especially on the women's side I feel like it's really hard to find like male coaches that will sit Mm -hmm. down and like want to connect and get to know us on a deeper level just probably because of like the obvious but at the same Mm -hmm. time I think that's so important because then you're not you're going to know how to coach your players better and you're going to know how to approach them because some players respond well to yelling and others just completely don't right shut down some just shut down and that's a majority of girls (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile I I, I'm like all for being yelled at but I'm also the type of like like I usually know what I did wrong before I get back on the bench. So, mm-hmm. you know, just, just whisper that in my ear and I'm, I'm good to go. So, <laughs> yeah, he, sure. he knew that. So I, I had a lot of respect for him because he, he knew how to, how to handle me. Cause I, I get mad at myself in games. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I am the same exact way. Yeah. It's like, it's tough too. Cause especially whenever you get into like your junior or senior year, you're expected to be a leader and like have that good positive attitude all the time. And I'm like, I just can't right now. I literally, I'm just sucked dry. I have nothing left in me positive. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, especially like, I felt like my college career was more of a chore than like Mm -hmm. the, like the fun um, was like kind of sucked out of the game for me just because of all the hardships I had with my teammates and like Mm -hmm. race and diversity and inclusion and in that sense. So um, I really enjoyed how Matt like allowed me to, to tell him what was going on and and saw my side of things. So um, that was definitely super helpful. Yeah. Do you want to dive deeper into that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, well, to start, I guess hockey is a really rich white sport to begin with. Um, I, the reason I play hockey is because my dad had, had experienced a lot of racism in the game growing up and, and he grew up just outside of Toronto. Um, so he decided to put all, all of his kids in it and, um, I, I seemed to flourish in it. So, uh, yeah. he wanted me to keep going and, and be there to prove people wrong. And I think I have, but at the same time, um, I think my first vivid memory of, of somebody making a racially charged comment towards me was, I was probably about 12 or 13 um and and one of my own teammates told me to shut up you stupid and she called me the n-word and that was for my own teammate um where in that case I was 13 didn't really know how to handle it and Mm -hmm. in that case it's always been 25 against one um so in that sense I I knew from very early age that it was going to be hard for me to fit in which Mm -hmm. I think made me distance myself from my teammates all throughout my career really um I wouldn't say I'm hard to get to know, but mm-hmm. I also am the type of person that I'm going to, I'm going to show you the same energy back that you give me. So if I have a lack of respect for my teammates, I, I'm, I'm going to have a trouble, I'm going to have a lot of trouble respecting them. Yeah. Um, so moving forward into my collegiate career, my, my freshman, sophomore year, I realized that um, the girls on the Yale team, they're all very, mo- the majority of them are very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and have kind of had their paths uh, made for them in, in the school, whether that's being a legacy kid or, or just having the funds to get them there. But for me, um, the first time I ever had a new pair of skates was literally when I got to Yale my freshman year. And I come from a middle-class family. I always, I would say, I always have everything I needed. I usually got what I wanted, um, mm -hmm. but am not on the same level as, as those girls. Yeah. Um, so coming in, that kind of led for a disconnect as well. Just seeing them be ungrateful for the things we received, um, like our backpacks and coats and mm -hmm. them complaining about wrong sizes. Meanwhile, I'm just happy to have all this stuff, right? So. Yeah. Um, that also led for a, a disconnect, but also a lot of microaggressions at Yale uh, went on, I would say, in the dressing room and, and just as a whole. And um, I would say my team just had a lack of understanding for, um, for race and, and diversity and, and how I was being made to feel when I was at the rink. Yeah. Um, and I think that led for them to have like a, a, a different perception of me than I have of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like everybody who knows me outside of the rink knows that I'm super bubbly, um, usually pretty positive and, and loving and super kind. But yeah. I felt like with my teammates, I kind of had to put up a front and, and not show them that just because they weren't really respecting me to the level that I wanted to be respected. Um, and then moving into my junior, senior year, I decided to speak up more and stick up for myself. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So... I mean, I come up with multiple instances, but I mean, the one instance that stands out in my head, um, we were on the bus to Princeton and, and some of the girls on my team decided to cornrow their hair in the back of the bus and they were calling themselves ratchet and ghetto. Um, wow. And for me, it was just like, wow, like, how do you guys not realize that this is not okay? It's like, we're all like, you all got into Yale, like, come on, like, how are you, how have you yeah, not been educated on this? Mm -hmm. So it was like, really difficult for me to understand that and in that case I just kind of stuck to my my own and and did my own thing so um mm -hmm. whether that was me playing 35 minutes a game and just putting my head down and I mean giving myself pats on the shin pads or or yeah. whatnot but um definitely hard in that sense but I think in my senior year I, I gained that respect back from them uh as they saw that I wasn't really going to put up with it anymore Mm -hmm. um, and they were going to be called out just because I had that level of respect as a senior. And, and if anybody was going to make those comments, they, they knew that I was, uh, I was going to shut it down. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine the things that you've been through. Um, I'm like half Asian, so yeah. I'm already like suffering from my own identity crisis, <laughs> but like, <laughs> because I have more of like my dad's complexion than anything, like people, don't realize it or I was always called like Mexican in high school or something like that I'm like I'm Filipino like yeah I know there's a difference and whatnot but like coming from Mississippi it's it's like a poor state more than more so than anything and yeah. I was like lower middle class too and um so I had the hand-me-downs like no one else in my family played hockey it was just me and my older sister and so it probably wasn't until um probably wasn't until like my 10th grade year or 11th grade year I finally got something of my own. I was like, thank the Lord. <laughs> and it was like my first time going to prep school and all that stuff. Um, and then when I got to college, I noticed very similar attitudes to like your teammates where they're like, oh, they got me the wrong stick. I'm like, I've never even had a stick that's $250. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you guys, how are you just not excited? Like, I am so happy to be here. And um, it was like kind of the same thing too, whenever I went from RIT to BU, like, RIT's rank was brand new and then BU's rank was uh have you ever been there before 
yeah Brown. I yeah. love the ring but I know the lockers suck <laughs> it just has, it has such a cool barn feel to it but like even then you'd just hear girls oh my god we're not getting a new locker room like yeah. oh, this sucks the boys have such a nice ring why can't we go there and I'm like we have our own rink like exactly. that's good enough in itself like we have our own ice time we have our own coaches like we should be grateful for that and so yeah sometimes it is hard to have those people that are just always bringing that negative energy and obviously there's always going to be that but like for you or for me or anyone to just stick up to them and say like hey it's not cool yeah and like even the way that they talk to people just isn't good there's got to be people like us that speak up so and I think that was like part of the confusing part for me because I was like, is it like this in every like women's division one program yeah. or is it just Yale specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I, I have had good teammates in the past that have been allies and have stood up for me. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I'm at the top level that, I mean, at that point there wasn't really a professional league like my freshman mm-hmm. year and stuff like that. And I was just like, well, we're playing at the top level that we can possibly play at really other than yeah. like, being an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what else are you guys looking for? Like how, how, like, how do you want to change this? Yeah. Because I, I don't, I am being given everything that I've ever wanted. So mm-hmm. um, it was just really confusing in that sense. So it's good to know that like you had a similar experience of people being ungrateful and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I have one story that sticks out in particular. There was this one girl on my team, probably my freshman year. And I think she got like a B or an A on an exam. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to ask my parents if they'll get me some Lululemon pants. And I'm like, and you got them? And she was like, yep. And I was like, must be nice. <laughs> Someone that just gives that to you. Like yeah. just getting an A on an exam, like not and a big deal. Same thing. Yeah. It's, it, it was the same thing for me. It's like my teammates wanted to go out for dinner like multiple times a week mm-hmm. and, or like they just, I don't know. It was just like money just came to them. Like it was nothing. Meanwhile, I had two on-campus jobs and mm-hmm. like it didn't fit in with them socially because I <laughs> don't want to get blackout drunk every weekend and I want to yeah. work hard and I want to do this and that. And like, it just didn't align where, I, and that just led me to feel completely isolated. Um, but no, I totally understand that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just the grateful part of it. It's just like, just like be grateful for what we have. Like we're being given so much being in a division one program and like, yeah. we're, we're the top of the top and like, we're being treated like it. So let's stop acting mm-hmm. like they're not treating us well. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, they don't realize, even if they do go play pro, we'll put that in quotation marks right now, because there's like, a lot going on with that (laughs) like even if you do one you're not getting full equipment or sticks um you're lucky if you do and you're lucky if you're the top of those people getting all that stuff like with sponsorship deals you don't have a locker room most of the time Mm -hmm. you don't have open ice rinks anything like that we're not treated like the nhl it's just like completely different story so totally agree that's the top of the top is playing d1 or even d3 just college athletics um but you said you worked two part-time jobs. What were you doing at Yale? <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess the first job might sound kind of weird, but um, they paid us to, they paid me to do the team's laundry. So yes, like, I did that too. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like the biggest like loser anymore. No, you're good. It was me. Well, like, yeah, I did my team's laundry. Um, and then I also worked at the front desk of Payne Whitney Gymnasium. So like mm-hmm. the, the normie gym. Yeah. <laughs> but um. 
but yeah, I would work at the front desk while I was studying and doing my readings and mm-hmm. then um, doing the laundry was easy enough just being at the rink 24 um, seven. Yeah. But other than that, like, I think there was probably three or four other girls on my team who, who had on-campus jobs and the rest were, you know, like daddy's credit card. And it's just like, I, I, I don't have that luxury. So yeah, we got to work. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I remember I was doing laundry, but so you only did hockey, right? Only the hockey laundry. Yeah. At Yale, like our facilities are pretty separated. Yeah. So um, like the, our, our hockey rink is like, pretty secluded and like we have our own weight room there so we don't really associate with as many other athletes but mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> just hockey laundry <laughs> then consider yourself lucky let me tell you because so we obviously had the hockey laundry because we had all the separate facilities too yeah. but then there was also the d3 sports at RIT and if you got signed up for the, the other area like all the other d3 sports that means you had to do wrestling, you had to do basketball, you had to do all these <laughs> smelly boys laundry. And the wrestling was the worst because I don't know if you know anything <laughs> about wrestlers, but they they do like this thing where they cut their weight. And so they're wearing layers and layers of clothes. And I can't tell you how gross it was to touch them. <laughs> and at one point, worms were going around. And oh, I was like, I'm not touching their stuff. Like you can't pay me money to touch their stuff and put in laundry. Like you need to get somebody professional to do that. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, no, thank goodness. I literally only did my teams and like yeah. would switch the men's like occasionally if we had like conflict in practice, but mm-hmm. no, definitely thankful that I only had to do my own teams. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, okay. So besides hockey and all that stuff, what was your experience like at Yale? Um, yeah, I would say like, I think at Yale, I really had to learn to love school outside mm-hmm. of hockey, just because hockey wasn't it for me when I was there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my best friends, they were on the soccer team um, and they were, they were players of color. Um, mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed, I enjoyed my classes. So I double majored in the history of science, medicine, and public health and sociology. Mm-hmm. Where did so, you find time for that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah I enjoyed my my um my classes and and everybody else like it seemed like all the a- other athletes were were having a good time but as I said before like the the rink is kind of secluded and and we don't interact with the other athletes so yeah. me working at the front desk allowed me to interact with other athletes and get to know mm-hmm. them uh so that helped a lot yeah. but I was also involved in in my sorority at Yale. Um, I was on another Yale. thing. I don't get it all this time. <laughs> yeah, um, I was on the executive board for um, Yale Black Women's Coalition, mm-hmm. um, and I was like the community outreach director. So I just needed to find um, places that we could interact. Yale's campus could interact with the New Haven community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did that. Um, but other than that, I would say like. Outside of hockey, I think Yale was great. Like I had an amazing time, met some really cool people um, and just, it really humbled me. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always gotten straight A's, but at the same time being in the Yale atmosphere, like you have people who work for Google and NASA and people sitting right next to you in class. And it's just like, wow. The one that are gonna have like the next billion dollar ideas. (laughs) Literally, like people are building medical devices and I'm just like sitting here. And I I mean, I. (laughs) My first and second year at Yale, I was like, hey, wow, like, I don't think I deserve to be here. But um, as I came into my own, I realized that my, my voice did matter in the classroom and, and they did value that. And, and everybody was treated so well. Um, mm-hmm. And Yale is an incredibly liberal place. And like, I think it just made for a, 
really inclusive atmosphere and like yeah. made everybody feel so welcome and in whatever they were doing, whatever their extracurriculars were. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great time outside of hockey for sure. <laughs> That's so awesome. With your sorority, like besides doing the inclusion and everything, what else were you guys doing? Um, well, I actually, I lived in my sorority house my senior year. Um, really? I'm really not a sorority girl and like everybody said <laughs> that to me, but I rushed my sophomore year in, yeah. in like the way of trying to find more friends outside of hockey, to be mm -hmm. honest. That's really the only reason why I was rushing because I... I'm not a sorority girl. You're your friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but yeah, for my sorority, we had like fundraising events. Um, yeah. And like formal events, stuff like that, that was mm -hmm. nice to go to, get dressed up on the Saturday night after our game and like, and go and whatever. But um, yeah, but yeah, I definitely had a good time with that, even though I, my, I don't know why my, my, uh, my dad was like, oh, I'm not paying for your sorority because I'm not paying for you to have friends. Like you can make friends yourself. I was like, it's not for that. It's networking. But, <laughs> um, but overall, it was a good experience. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I was the same exact way, when, especially when I was at RIT. I'm like such an outgoing person, but I didn't join a sorority because I feel like they're different from like my tech school versus your just really smart school. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was like friends with all the baseball players. We'd make pancakes on weekends. <laughs> like, we had conspiracy theory nights, which is like so random, but I was friends <laughs> with all these different people just because like, you know, like groupthink. Yeah. I hate that. I don't like <laughs> falling victim to it ever. And I will never just agree with somebody just because everyone else agrees with it. It's like only if it follows yeah. my morals. And so I feel like if you're staying only with your team, like that happens a lot. You're just yeah. like, all right, sure. Even if it's wrong, you'll just be like, yeah, that works for me. And it's yeah. just like, I wasn't about that. And I wasn't trying to be. Um, yeah, my team was was completely like that. Like, it just seemed like it was one big click or like little clicks within itself on the team. And, and for me, like I talked to everybody and anybody. So yeah. I remember like when our freshmen came in and like, I'm a junior or senior and, and they're like, what, like, how do you know everybody? And I'm like, because <laughs> I just talked to people on campus. Yeah. Like, I don't just stick in my hockey bubble. So mm -hmm. I think that led for me to have so many more friends than a lot of people did on my team, just because they, they always pre-gamed with themselves and yeah. they only went out with themselves. Meanwhile, I was with a different group like every, every weekend, so. Yeah, that was the same year. <laughs> I think like that's the best part about college too, is like, we won't remember a lot of the things that happened, but we will remember all the different people we met, all those funny stories from all those <laughs> crazy people that like weren't in our inner circle at the beginning um that's why freshman year I loved freshman year yeah <laughs> just for that reason when everything's super new and like everyone wants to meet everyone um but yeah I loved college for the most part besides <laughs> my mental health issues <laughs> True. yeah so you grew up an only girl right in your family yeah so I actually I have three brothers so 27 then me I'm 22 and then mm -hmm. 20 and 10 so, oh wow, you have a little baby brother? Yes, he. Um, I feel like I'm like a second mom to him because I was like yeah. 13 when he was born. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, always been the only girl and my brothers definitely beat up on me even though they're <laughs> little brothers. But um, but yeah. Do they also play sports? <laughs> uh, yeah, so my older brother, he played sports but um, nothing really like too competitively. Mm -hmm. um, and then my other two brothers, they play hockey and basketball. Um, my 20 year old brother was pretty good at basketball, but mm -hmm. he didn't play in college. Um, yeah. but he just graduated in May with me because he was in a two year program. Um, 
And then my 10 year old brother Malachi is like completely obsessed with hockey and <laughs> watches YouTube videos all day on how to stick it in <laughs> and all, all really? that stuff. So, and he plays just like me. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. But <laughs> well, you made it pretty far. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a good thing. Um, so, your parents didn't play at all with hockey or your dad um, played? My dad played. So, my dad played um, just, a, he played in Scarborough. So, that's just outside of mm-hmm. Toronto. Um, but Scarborough's kind of like the ghetto. Um, of like the GTA I would say mm-hmm. like the black ghetto um and my mom played lacrosse growing up so I mm-hmm. got the hockey side from my dad but my dad definitely never played like at a high level or anything <laughs> yeah was your mom super athletic besides yeah, lacrosse? I, would, I would say my, my parents are my parents are pretty young like my mom literally just turned 43 yesterday are you serious yeah and my dad uh my dad's 47 so like they're both still super active like they've played in Mm -hmm. volleyball leagues together and like they're pretty athletic and and go for walks and runs together but that's um, so cute I mean if it came down to a competition I would probably say my mom is more athletic than my dad yeah I hate to hear that but (laughs) (laughs) do they ever play hockey together like the beer league or anything um they actually played ball hockey so I actually I played on the national ball hockey team as well um and my dad's always been my coach for ball hockey and my yeah. mom decided to to join the league and play too even though she'd never played hockey <laughs> um so that was pretty interesting to watch her out there running around but um, yeah but yeah they play ball hockey together <laughs> how was that how was like the national championships for you yeah like, that was like, world championships yeah, it was World Championship. Um, we were in Lido Maurice um, in Germany, in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was super awesome. We we actually won gold. Um, oh, really? No big deal. You got a gold medal. But, but like, that's the thing. Like, nobody really knows about ball hockey, so I don't really yeah. talk about it that often. But, um, but yeah, I played as, like, an underager on the women's team. Um, and it was super fun. Got to go overseas, mm-hmm. obviously, to play. And, I mean, I think anytime you get that opportunity, it's it's an awesome one. So, yeah. Uh, wait do you know Catherine Kennedy I, I don't remember if I asked you this or not um I I know the name I think she's on the USA or sorry Canada hockey, national ball hockey team okay yeah <laughs> no, no, I like only played one year and oh, okay. like, they've asked me to play again but I mean I've just been all over like no place. I don't want another gold medal I'm good I'm good <laughs> <laughs> I got my silver and I got my gold so what, yeah. we're good, so <laughs> what was that with your silver what was that like um that was U18 world championships mm-hmm. so uh that was in St. Catharines for IHF um and that was 2016 or yeah. 2015 2016 mm-hmm. um that was that was when I I met Tash for uh oh really <laughs> yeah so we met through all like our hockey Canada stuff and we were mm-hmm. like best of friends when we were out here in Calgary at Winsport and then yeah. for Team Ontario and 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 so on but but yeah that's how I got close with Tash <laughs> he's um quite a hoot <laughs> yeah, I love her. she's hilarious we would always she was like the only other girl that could dance so we just yes. like busting a move and warm up and everybody's like focus and we're just off dancing you're like yeah that's how we focus that's literally Tash and I too yeah <laughs> we were always dancing at beauty together even whenever I was just overseas with her we yeah. like, were walking to the ring it's like a 30 minute rate or 30 minute walk but every single time we're just like hey hitting the doggy <laughs> well Tash was actually supposed to she was supposed to go to Yale like she was committed to Yale too yeah. so I was so excited but unfortunately that didn't happen but I've, Fortunately like, for me, it happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you got her, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so what was it like, though, leading up to it? Um, your silver medal, like, 
Can you walk me through that weekend or however that was for you? Was your family there too? Yeah. So I was thankful enough that it was at home. So is in St. Catharines. So a bunch of my high school teachers um, oh. drove up to watch me play. All my family was able to be there in the stands. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like that was such a surreal experience. Um, just, I remember walking in when we found out that we made the team and like seeing your, your national team Jersey hanging there with your name yeah. on the back of it. It's like, everything you've ever dreamed for like obviously I'd love to make the Olympics and would love to still be in the Hockey Canada program but Mm -hmm. um, I'm also aware that I've had the privilege of wearing that jersey and and winning that silver medal so um, in that gold medal game we unfortunately lost in overtime to the U.S. Um, but definitely like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like definitely the best experience ever and definitely like my number one hockey memory um despite being at Yale and playing on other teams and everything. But Team Canada was definitely an awesome experience. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I never went to like any of that stuff, but I have no regrets, honestly. (laughs) You know, people are always saying like, oh, you're not going to make it, do you want? Oh, actually, they probably never said it to you. (laughs) I'm sorry, you played eight sports at varsity. (laughs) And I also saw, like, honestly, I should just read off right now everything that I have written about you. You ready for this? Okay, eight sport athlete, ice hockey, badminton, basketball, curling, field across, soccer, track and field, and ultimate frisbee. <laughs> Junior female athlete of the year from 2012 to 2014, and then senior female athlete of the year 2015 to 2016. Countless MVPs. I didn't even write them all down because I was like, she got way too many for me to write down. <laughs> and yeah no you have so much oh yeah no sometimes I I I mean I don't know I feel like I kind of I like to downplay I don't know everybody says I downplay myself but I don't know I just like view myself just like anybody else so I know I've accomplished a lot but at the same time like I just hope other people can accomplish as much as like I have in it being I'm 22 so like it's awesome when you get to experience all that before Mm -hmm. like before you're even 25 you know so yeah and you have so much more to go. <laughs> yes. Um, so you got drafted by the NWHL Riveters. What yep. was that like for you? Um, yeah, so I actually was planning on quitting after my Yale career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't planning on playing. And Coach Mark Golding is like my savior. He's <laughs> the best coach ever. Um, and he convinced me to enter the draft and continue playing mm-hmm. uh, just because he he knew that I still had so much more left in me but mm-hmm. um but yeah I think the draft when I wasn't not expecting to go fourth overall yeah. <laughs> for sure um especially as like a, a big like defenseman you know like I'm in <laughs> they're a- so necessary though you have to have <laughs> those kinds of D yeah but I, I guess that's what the Riveters were lacking um mm-hmm. was that that hardcore defense so um yeah, I was super happy to find out that I was drafted fourth overall and, and signed with the Riveters. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so anyways, I know you have a lot of things probably that you have to get to, so I won't hold you too much longer, but I do have one question for you. And that's if you had one piece of advice or three, whatever you want, um, to give to the next generation of female athletes, what would it be? Um, I think my go-to is to just to say to be unapologetically you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my biggest regret is is not being myself um, my first three years at Yale, um, just because I, I wasn't being that outspoken, outgoing, and bubbly person that I know I am. Um, yeah. And I feel like 
if I were to just be unapologetic, unapologetically me and, and not worry about what other people thought of me, um, I think I would have had a lot better experience and a lot better time. Um, but in terms of being unapologetically you, I think that that goes into saying um, whether that's you speaking up in front of the crowd or um, being being that role on your team, whether that's a bench player or being the, a four-year starter. Um, mm-hmm. I think just just be who you are and, and vocalize your opinion and stand up for your what you believe in, um, especially as women in sport. I think that that we need to do that more often and, and stick up for ourselves. And we know that we're totally capable of everything that the men can do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that when you're unapologetically yourself, you're able to fully come into your own and and love who you are, just because I think you have to love who you are before loving anything or anybody else. So yes. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I (laughs) loved it. (laughs) Also, by the way, I read something today. It was like women are, I don't know, like 80 or not 80% of the fan base, but they have like 80% of the spending money like in the household yeah. so we have some power <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> anyways um thank you so much for being on today I really appreciate it you were an amazing guest um so thank you yeah thanks for having me on I appreciate it and hope to <laughs> inspire more women well there you have it thanks so much for tuning in today on the unpaid path feel free to subscribe for future podcast updates and to follow me on instagram at ray.rust Hope you guys have a great Wednesday.